Welcome to this edition of the Mission Bitcoin Podcast. On today's episode, we talk with Truman Hoddle. Truman is a young man studying economics in college. Truman hosts a podcast, which is how we first met. In this episode, we discuss Truman's Mormon upbringing and his separation from the church. We discuss Christianity and his discovery of Bitcoin. This is a personal and intimate discussion. I know that you will enjoy this discussion with Truman. Please be aware, we discuss sensitive subjects that may not be appropriate for all ages. Now, a little bit about our sponsors. Jeter Melder LLP is more than a law firm. It is a legal team. Justin and Michael have over 30 years of experience working with different clients on different legal issues from different sides of the docket in areas such as business disputes, constitutional rights, employment agreements, employment discrimination, local counsel, and pay issues. Jeter Melder have advocated in federal and state courts in Arkansas, California, Illinois, New Mexico, and Texas. With a unique blend of clients from doctors, fellow attorneys, tradesmen, hourly workers, and the unemployed to small businesses and Fortune 500 companies, they all have one thing in common. They believe in Jeter Melder and Jeter Melder believes in them. Give them a call at 214-699-4758 or visit them at JeterMelder.com. That's J-E-T-E-R-M-E-L-D-E-R.com. Hey, in case you haven't heard, I've developed a study guide called Bitcoin for Churches. It's a practical study guide to understanding our corrupt financial system, how Bitcoin fixes it, and why the church should care. I will be doing a live stream with City Light Church in New York City on October 8th from 6 to 8 p.m. This is a free event. Please go to citylightnyc.com to register for this free event. I'm so excited. I hope you join us. Thank you. Hey, Truman. Uh, thanks so much for joining me. Uh, I'm really excited to have you on the show. And, and for the listeners that are here, let me just kind of give you a little background for uh, why I invited Truman on the show. Truman was kind enough to have me on his podcast. I, I just randomly reached out to Truman. And as a young guy that was in Bitcoin and, and starting his own podcast, he was gracious enough to have me on. And so and I, I messaged Truman afterwards and thanking him for the fact that he gave me gave me a voice. And so really the genesis of my podcast is because I, I came on the show with you, Truman, and you know, uh, you're, I'm, I'm definitely older than you, but you gave me the, the, the voice and the, um, com- not the compassion, but the, the umption, the gumption to, to start my own podcast. So I'm very appreciative of that. Uh, so Truman, uh, why don't we, start with kind of like who you are and you know how you got into bitcoin and i think for the audience sake um truman's got a very interesting story um this is probably going to be pretty uh personal but i think truman's got some great um life lessons that he's learning and kind of struggling through right now so i think it's going to be a great episode for for anyone who may be in uh truman's same same position so truman the the floor is all yours man um, well, thank you for having me on the podcast. It, it just makes me so happy that, um, you know, the purpose of my podcast, the Bitcoin plebs podcast is to hear how different everybody is in the Bitcoin space and, and we all get brought together. And so like having you on, that was just incredible to like hear your, your thoughts. And it just makes me so happy that, um, we've got so many people with different perspectives, um, all, you know, working on this thing we all love, which yeah. is Bitcoin. Yeah. Um, my, almost, my name for, yeah, Truman. So, you know, one thing I spent 13 years on in the army on active duty and the army is like Bitcoin. It's a, you know, you can meet anybody that's been in the army anywhere in the world and you have a common connection and Bitcoin's kind of that. I mean, you can meet somebody anywhere in the world or even, you know, on a podcast like this and you have an immediate connection. You kind of understand each other immediately. Yeah, totally agree. <laughs> right. And that's been really cool. My name is Truman and I choose to stay anonymous because I want to be as open as I can, even talk about things that I'm uncomfortable talking with in real life. Um, so I'm 20. I'm currently studying at university. Um, I I got into Bitcoin back in 2019. Um, 
And I've always been in, interested in money and investing. So initially I was big into stocks and, you know, I found out about this crypto thing, um, made all the mistakes everybody does, got into shit coins, got into... Um, why know, does that happen? Why, why do we do that? We all do that because I did it too. Yeah. And, you know, I don't know. I think it just comes from a place of not understanding. You know, you, you discover this incredible technology that's blockchain um, and you realize it has so many applications. It's so valuable and people, the, the altcoiners market it so yeah, well. True. Um, but I see the most important thing is the underlying scarcity of Bitcoin and hard money economics. That's the most exciting thing to me. And no other coin is Bitcoin. You know, digital scarcity is a one-time discovery. And I, I think we found it with Bitcoin. So. That's fantastic. I mean, that statement alone uh, kind of sets you above <laughs> people. I mean, just to understand digital scarcity, that, that's fantastic. Uh, Truman, what, do you, what are you studying in school? Um, I, I chose to study economics and Chinese. Um, obviously, cool. I'm very passionate about economics, especially Austrian economics. Um, but, but you're not you're not learning Austrian economics at school, are you? No. Are they teaching that? Yeah, no. Yeah. No, I'm learning all of the Keynesian economics, which, you know, I don't know who it was the art of war or something. They said, like, to defeat your enemy, you need to, like, understand, like, the belly of the beast, like what's underneath our current system. Yeah. So I'm, I'm going through the traditional education route, learning a lot about Keynesian economics um, in hopes that, you know, this Austrian economics way of thinking, this Bitcoin, you know, somehow we can make it work because I, I think it's the most important thing in my life after reading the Bitcoin standard and understanding these things. It's like, wow, you know, the world's a messed up place and yeah. we live in these systems that everybody accepts as true. Yeah. And my first time, you know, it was in the Mormon faith. Um, I lived in the system and I completely believed it. It dictated all my actions, like what I was thinking about for my future, who I was, it was everything to me. And then I lost that and realized, you know, maybe, maybe my, my friends and family aren't right. And I questioned everything I understood about the world, which was a very light rattling thing to go through at a young age. And I kind of feel similar to, um, I, I feel like there are a lot of these systems that we live in, like um, like the fiat money system. Everybody spends their whole life caring about money, working for money, but they don't take the time to understand that the system we live in, you know, may be like ripped against you and you'll never find success unless you can question something that nobody does. Yeah, absolutely. Why? Why? I'm interested in your Chinese. Why did you decide to are you majoring in Chinese or is that a minor? Um, it, it's a double major, but nice, I've okay. learned a lot of Chinese, um, in high school, basically the only media content I consumed was in Chinese, okay. you know, like still to this day. So I don't really need to take too many classes to get that major done. So I figured why not? Easy A. That's good. Yeah. That's fantastic. Uh, I mean, do you plan to marry economics and Chinese? Do you want to work uh, in some capacity uh, with the two, work for a multinational firm that's working in China? Or what, what's the ultimate plan there? Um, I, I've thought a lot about that. And my biggest interest is Austrian economics and Bitcoin at this time. But let's say, you know, I can't financially support myself doing the Bitcoin thing, then like obviously Chinese and economics can go well together. Um, but, you know, maybe in the future, I can find some way to tie my passion for like Bitcoin and Austrian economics and with my um, language learning, which I, I haven't seen the path forward for that yet. Something will come. Some, that, that's awesome, though. Um, Truman, what uh, w when you first found out about Bitcoin 
and you and I guess read the Bitcoin standard and and learned about the the issues with the fiat um, system. Describe. You said it was kind of earth shattering. I mean, you're a young guy, but what uh, what was earth shattering about it? Because I mean, it's not like you'd worked for and had a mortgage and had a lot of debt or something like that. But so what what was earth shattering other than the fact that you learned that? Wait a minute. This is not real. And that's a big deal in and of itself, but, you know, kind of explain that process. Yeah. Well, like I just moved away from home, you know, and I moved to this city in the United States, which, you know, isn't doing too well um, economically. And here I'm, you know, I'm working minimum wage jobs and getting to interact with people in different situations than myself. And these people um, in my life, they're like, they're going through things I you know, I didn't realize, you know, people went through in terms Mm. of like struggling for money and, um, you know, working so hard, but every year they fall further and further behind. And when you, you can't support yourself, you, you can't, um, have a vision for the future and save for it and, um, work on what you're passionate about. Like it's, it's terrible. And, you know, these people get into drugs and alcohol and there are many different things people do because that the exciting thing for me is we've all got a future that we can work towards. And I I feel that Bitcoin allows me to um, save for that future and work towards that future. Um, Whereas if I was always like everyone in my life, they're, they're spending all their time stressing and worrying about money, but this dollar that they're working for, you know, every year their wage is going to decrease in real value Mm -hmm. in this dollar. Their savings is going to be taken away if they're saving in dollars, which this is just what most people do. They earn money and then they, you know, they try and save the money or try and make more money. But I feel after reading the Bitcoin standard, um, there's just no way to get ahead. And then also all the societal and cultural um, effects of this short-term thinking associated with, um, with you know, spending your whole life caring about fiat money. Like it has effects on culture and society, which, you know, is negative. Like yeah. some people want a family and, you know, to have a family is a huge financial expense and, that's getting out of reach for more and more people. And having a family is going to be a luxury. Whereas before it was like an important part of life that a lot of people strived for. I mean, the fact that you had that insight at your age is fantastic. Uh, So it sounds like it was more of a, you know, you're concerned about the, the deceit behind the fiat system, but it sounds like it was more of an injustice that you were seeing that people were trapped in a unjust system. Yeah. And even myself, I'm living it in what I see as an unjust system. I'm going to luckily, like, I think I have the tools to avoid like inflation by saving in Bitcoin, but most people don't have this yeah. understanding. Awesome. Um, are you, are you able to orange pill any, any of these guys you work with or uh, I mean, probably a lot of them are older than you, but I mean, do you have these conversations to try to orange pill them? <laughs> You know, I, I do, but um, I haven't, I've had success in my family, but for my friends, <laughs> not too much. And yeah. <laughs> it, I'm still trying to figure it out. Like, why can we as Bitcoiners feel so driven and so like it rings to the core inside a lot of the people I talk with and in myself when we like talk about Bitcoin and the issues of the fiat monetary system, but other people don't seem to have the same like guttural, like passion for this. Um, because it's history. truth. I mean, it's truth. And once you find it, you, you just don't want to let go of it. Um, have you ever tried the fold app trying to, have you used the fold app? Um, for, for some time I'd like spin the wheel, but I was too, too far behind um, in the waiting list to, Uh, Okay. All right. That makes sense. But um, that might be an interesting way to kind of orange peel people kind of backdoor them. You get, you tell them about the app and just, they can earn uh, free sats. I mean, that's, that's pretty easy, but I forgot about the wait list. Um, Well, uh, Truman, let's, uh, 
let's kind of shift a little bit. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm really interested in your faith story and, and how you grew up. And let's just kind of talk about that a little bit and, and kind of what brought you to where you are right now. Yeah. Um, so I, I grew I was born um, into a family with t- like two loving parents and both my parents are extremely orthodox, devout Mormons. Um, and growing up, I was so happy for this um, religious culture and upbringing that taught me some values and like built me into the man I am today. You know, there were so many things like family focused, working hard, you know, the sense of community there, you know, morals, whereas like there, there were so many things that I'm so grateful for, but you know, the Mormon religion, I, I've never talked with someone about this, but it's, it's very, yeah, there's an exact path you follow in your life. And, um, there's not much, it, I've only realized this since leaving, but it dictated everything. I, all my thoughts went through this filter, everything I did, like in high school, I was waking up at 4.30 AM every morning to go to church before um, high school, every single day of high school, I went to church for an hour before starting class or like, you know, church was a massive part of my life and where I saw my future. And there's also some teachings in the Mormon church that are not common in, um, in like other Christian religions that, you know, were very, very hurtful to me. Um, do you want to, do you want to talk about those? Um, yeah, sure. Like I'm not sure. I don't see why I shouldn't talk about, um, Truman, this is a safe space, safe space. Uh, you, you know, people listen, but uh, you know, nothing's going to be pushed on you here. Um, Truman knows I'm a Christian, but, uh, you know, I'm, I'm here just to guide and, and, uh, whatever you want to talk about. So uh, I would love to hear your thoughts on that. Yeah. Um, well, for my personal experience, um, this was one I struggled with and I think it like tipped the boat for me. Um, into looking into the history of Mormonism and questioning my faith um, was this personal experience I've never taught um, with to anybody before. (laughs) And so for some background, my father um, was a bishop in the Mormon church, which um, he, he like presides over hundreds of people. He's responsible for how the church functions in my local area. Um, and members who commit certain types of sins um, need to talk with the bishop. So an important teaching of the Mormon church is sexual purity, um, which means you don't masturbate, you don't look at porn, you don't have sex. Um, There's a massive, you know, the church and your purity and following certain rules in the church is massive. so it was just an extreme source of like guilt and self-hate. And it got so bad to the point when I was 14 or 15, um, you know, a couple years went by and it got so bad. You know, I finally broke and I was like, I need to uh, repent. So I talked to my father about my issues and this is an extremely like common criticism of the churches you know, these um, young kids like going in to see their bishop about these things. And they like did really deep into it and doing that with your father and Mm. just all the feelings associated with that was like, very. (laughs) it was, it was a hard thing for me as a teenager. Um, And finally, like, (laughs) you know, I, I don't know that that was a big thing for like did, did your dad ever, did your dad i mean was it uh did he was he your dad at that moment or was he a bishop at that moment i think he he cared about me like his son but he understood his responsibility as a bishop um and what he needed to do which and, and what would that be um let's see he just Asking like about every detail of that. Mm. And then as a kid explaining that, like just the whole situation. Mm -hmm. And then like, 
they placed all these rules on me that were embarrassing. Like there was like also this, you can't like perform your priesthood duties in the church if you're struggling with this. So everybody knew that, you know, mm. because I, I wasn't passing the sacrament at the time. Um, and then he'd asked me at home, we had all these rules where I couldn't like just checking my phone, like can't do certain things. And like, I just, and I never, um, just had a healthy relationship with myself in that way. Like now that I've left the church, like, uh, you know, I don't think it's great to be looking at porn and masturbating all day. Um, but like, uh, I've been able to, you know, not like hate myself. Um, and, and even like, it's way easier not to do those things when you're not in this church system. So like for me, that led me to look into the church, but like me, I've done a lot of research into the ex Mormon community. Many people have more messed up stories than my own. Whereas like my own, I feel like it was messed up, especially like living through that. And then there's also lots of other things like women. Um, their job is to be a stay at home mom. They've, they've got to cover up their whole body all the time. You wear like these special garments so that you can't show more skin than, um, than you're allowed to by the church. Otherwise the garments will be revealed. And that's, that's not good. Like, so the way the church treats women, um, like my sisters, that makes me sad. Um, the, how many people struggle with self hate and self guilt mm. in the church is like extreme. And, there were also like many other things like the church has over a trillion dollars or I don't know. I would need to look it up, but the church, a lot of money, a ton of money like they, and they don't spend anything. They don't do any charity. They don't help the world They're, They, and then there are dot, dot journal inconsistencies. So, Such, okay. So I'm really interested in that. I mean, what, what do you, what do you mean? Doctrinal inconsistencies. Well, now we're just getting into like things that don't make sense about the church to me and why like the, the church is like, you know, I don't know if it's a bad organization. Like for me, it was, um, but, but there are many, re like the church had this massive campaign in 2012 that was, um, I'm a Mormon and you know, like they campaigned everywhere with the slogan, I'm a Mormon. And then in 2016, there was this general conference taught by the Nets prophet who said, using the word Mormon is a win for Satan because tons of terrible, like bad press came out about the church um, over um, all these, all these like really weird, you, you know, like gay, gay people, if gay people had, a child in their family, that child can't be baptized. And they like openly um, encourage the members to fight against many political agendas, um, which those political agendas, you know, ended up winning in the end. Um, but, and the church kept all the bad press from, you know, like it's popular. Um, like I certainly like it's a, um, I, I'm like very progressive in the terms of like gay people. Like, you know, I think gay people, you know, love each other. And, but, um, and many other people feel the same way that like gay people are people too. Um, and like the church had so much bad press from like their, their stand, their strong opponent to all these, like in terms of, pushing political agendas. Um, they, they rebranded to the church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. So that's one like logical and inconsistency that, you know, like, how can you say it's a win for Satan? If you spent billions of dollars mm. on this, I'm a Mormon campaign. So it, the church is full of like these weird logical inconsistencies that like, you know, if it was really a church inspired by God, um, I just don't know if, um, if what, the prophet, what, go, yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry. You don't know if the prophet 
you know, it would do um, certain things that the prophets have done over the course of the history, which most Mormons don't understand this historical stuff that like paints a really bad image of the church. And I'm not here to like say the church is wrong. Like I know for my family, it's like a super uh, positive thing. Like it's been so hard for me to leave it. Like I, I just would not want my family to go through this at their stages in life or if it, wasn't their own decision. So I, I really believe like people, that's their own personal journey. I'm not here to like, absolutely. The church yeah. Is false. yeah, absolutely. And I, I mean, I think it's pretty clear that the, the upbringing that you had was, was a great upbringing um, yeah. just from a moral and uh, family perspective. And, and that that's, you know, I even admire that about Mormon. So that that's done you well. I mean, what was, what was the final, what, what led you to kind of, was there a straw that broke the camel's back where you said, you know, I just don't want to do this anymore. I don't believe this anymore. What, what was it? Or was it just kind of everything? Um, well, the self-hate and guilt I felt from the, um, I, it's a hard thing to, you know, when I say it aloud, like it, yeah, but let's see, um, the self-hate and the guilt I felt as a teenager, got so bad that um when i was 16 like i was just in a really bad spot in life um and so i remember i like looked up like ex-mormon or like something generic because like the church says like never look up like anti-mormon stuff Hmm. so i i like did the thing you're not supposed to then like i read the ces letter which outlines like um which validated my own experience um like experiences that were very negative in the church because it, you know, there are tons of people being harmed. What's um, the CES letter? What is that? It, it's like this, maybe a hundred page document outlining all these um, logical and inconsistent, all these inconsistencies in the church that like, when you really understand, it's really hard to say like, Oh yeah, you know, the Mormon church is still inspired by God. It, it just like kind of destroys the church mm. from like a logical historical perspective. Like as the journal entries of Joseph Smith's wives who, you know, you know, you would think the first prophet of God that we all like, make into a hero might be a good guy, but he wasn't. And like the, the church history is very messed up. It's, it's not positive. It, you know, once you decided you didn't want to be a part of the Mormon faith, I mean, where did that put you on a belief, you know, with your beliefs and where, where are you now? Have you made progress in, you know, that journey or where, where along that journey are you? Yeah. Um, well, at first I was very angry because my parents would just yell me out of the house every mm. time I was in the house when they've kind of, when I talked to them about what I was going through. So like, I, I just couldn't be in my home while my parents were awake for my last two years of high school, mm. which means like, I just like go to the library and then to Starbucks till midnight and then come home and then get up for seminary before they wake up, go to that church, then go mm. just yeah. And that left me very angry and I didn't understand the world that I was living in anymore. Every mm. plan for the future was like no longer viable because, you know, I had this exact thing I was going to do as, as a Mormon man. Um, whereas now I'm just on my own. I have nothing to understand this world. And I was super angry. I was super like depressed and like just not in good spot in life, but you know, now I've moved out all the studying I did, like, cause I couldn't be at home paid off. You know, I can pay for my college now with the scholarship Fantastic. Um, and just live on my own. And so now I'm realizing that, um, you know, Christians are like very good people, like, and I really connect with them. And they're some of the most decent, like genuine people on this earth. And I really miss the community aspect of faith. I I don't know how what I would have turned into without the moral guidelines and the belief in something higher um, that I did growing up. And I still have a lot of the same feelings about like the importance of family. I, I still have a lot of these things inside myself that like 
So I've been going to tons of different churches nowadays. Um, you know, I'm part of like the Christians on campus club here. Um, so <laughs> now it's just been really hard for me because I I've had these like terrible experiences in Mormonism that like, um, shell shocked. You're, you're afraid to have the same experience with another group of Christians or another group that you get involved with. Maybe. Um, but it more feels like it's just hard for me to like develop a personal connection with God and faith, um, with my experiences from the past, like, and nowadays I want to emphasize my relationship with my parents is very good. I'm very happy for my Mormon upbringing and I have nothing negative like left in me to be besides this lingering, like knowledge of my experience, um, that makes it really hard for me to like develop conviction and faith in God. Um, I totally understand. So Truman, when I, when I was growing up, you know, I've been a Christian since I was a a freshman in high school, but I grew up in a broken home and my father was never around. They were separated and they they were divorced. Um, So just in the last, and you, you know, again, being a Christian for 40, almost 40 years, 30 years, I had a very hard time accepting that God really loved me. I knew it in my head but I, I had a hard time expressing it and I had a hard time accepting that God was my father. I could not even, it was hard for me to express or say father or in, in some of the biblical um, uh, text in, in scripture, Jesus calls uh, God um, Abba, which means daddy. And I had a very hard time because of my relationship with my dad. Um, and so most people their view of God is dependent upon their relationship that they've had with their, their father. So that, that may be part of that. Um, so you say that your relationship with your family is good. I mean, have you, have you guys reconciled? Have you actually hugged each other and held each other and said, I'm sorry. Is that, have you guys gotten to that point? Yeah, we have. Um, That's fantastic. It it is. It makes me so happy because um, I've gotten to do a place in my life where I, I'm not angry at my parents. I love my parents and I understand my parents. And I I understand that they always loved me. They always took care of me and they always did what they thought was best for me. And they were amazing parents in all the ways parents should be. I'm just like feel a little bit of resentment towards the Mormon church um, Mm -hmm. because that's where I see my issues came from, not with my parents. So on my side, I have, you know, I talked to my parents. I visited home a week ago. Like, you know, our relationship is pretty much as normal as it can be. Um, and my parents have gotten to the place where they realize that, you know, I'm an adult. I, I'm still like, um, you know, I'm still the guy they raised, like with the values they kind of raised me with. And so they can understand that I'm still their child and still love me. And, and they do. And like, you know, sure. I, I didn't choose the same path and maybe there's implications in their mind of my choice after we die, um, which is scary to them, but they, I don't think they like, so yeah, things have resolved after moving out like Good. the Good. situation. Good. That's fantastic. I mean, I, I would just encourage you, you know, the, the, uh, Christians not Christianity is not about you know being a part of a denomination or part of a church building. It's about a relationship with Jesus, and that's that's it. So um, I would encourage you to continue to explore that. And obviously, I'm I'm going to continue to to be a resource for you. Um, I, can I ask you a question? About absolutely. That? Yeah. Absolutely. So, like, as a Mormon, I always had this, you know, I. You know, I could pray for God or read the Bible, read our sacred texts, the Book of Mormon, and like really feel something in my chest and mm-hmm. understand God's um, kind of feel that feeling. And um, and I have a lot of ideas um, about what a relationship with God looks like and what it is and how you get it. But I, I'm not sure if that's like a Mormon thing or like this is how everyone's experience with God is. So I was wondering like, what, what does it mean to have a 
personal relationship with God? Is that a phrase you would use? And Absolutely, yeah. How do you like? How do you feel? Um, how do you feel these things internally so that you know them? You know, because I've felt these things and then it turned out like really had some negative things and it just makes me nervous. Like mm-hmm. I don't really feel that same way I did. Um, no matter how much I try, you know? Well, I, th- I think, uh, Truman, that the, that, that feeling of having that burning in your chest, that's a, that's a pretty typical Mormon expression so that they know the truth. So that, that's that, I mean, I've heard that all my life from Mormons, uh, Mormon friends and whatnot. Um, and I think that's probably what would distinguish, um, a true Christian faith from something else. Most Christians, uh, would probably shy away from feelings because uh, feeling there, there's there's it's not bad to have those feelings, but feelings can mis- be misleading. So it's um, it's kind of like think about it with uh, Bitcoin. Okay, so um, you know you're looking at Bitcoin, you're looking at an altcoin. And the altcoins making it's making you feel really good because maybe the price is pumping or something like that. But there's this this ultimate truth behind Bitcoin that you know is true, and so it may not give you the same warm fuzzy that you know Ethereum gives you or Litecoin gives you, but um, it's it's basically the truth. So uh, I would never, and I have never um, based my experience on God on a feeling. It's always who he is and the the facts of who he is. And so I usually recommend to people who are kind of exploring the faith in a new way is to read the book of John. And um, the at the end, so John was one of um, Jesus's disciples who later became an apostle. He wrote the book of John. He wrote the first, second, and third book of John. Uh, and then he wrote Revelation. So he's the oldest uh, disciple of Jesus. And he ended up dying in exile on Patmos, in the island of Patmos. So, so just kind of in contrast right there, that's the difference between Christianity and Mormonism. Christianity has real historical facts that can be validated and verified. Um, Mormonism has a lot of, um, I mean, there, there's some historical facts to Mormonism, but if you get into reading the book of Mormon, there's really no historical context for what's talked about in the book of Mormon, other than Joseph Smith's personal experience or, or whatever, but the languages and the lands and all that, that there's just no historical context for that. So, when you read the book of John, uh, John makes it very clear that he writes that the gospel of John so that when you read it and after you're done reading it, you will have enough knowledge to either believe or not believe. But he wrote it for us to believe. So if you want to read something that communicates the essence of who Jesus is and what he can do for you, it's the book of John. And you you make a decision based on the facts and God ultimately is the one that calls you and he will, if you ask him to reveal himself to you, he will. And so it's just a matter of saying, Lord, here's where I'm at. Um, I don't trust my feelings. I don't trust this because of that. Lord, I need you to reveal yourself to me and he's faithful. He will do it. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's not about feelings, my friend. Um, it's about knowing the facts and making a decision based on the facts. It's just like Bitcoin. I mean, it, it, it really is. And I, I wrote that article, you know, you need Jesus, you need Bitcoin, because it, it kind of lays down the, the fundamental truths of Bitcoin and Christianity side by side. Um, yeah. Okay. Um, no, that is. That's that probably not what you wanted to hear. You probably wanted to have the same experience, but it's, and you may, but. No, I, w- I wanted to hear that, you know, the Mormon way isn't like the only way because uh, I've been like trying to feel the same way I did in Mormonism. And I, I've never really understood the process that um, other Christians go through in developing their own faith. And yeah. so it, this, you know, it's really actionable. Read the book of John and ask the Lord to reveal himself to you and, that's it. I think that the the when when we talk about a personal relationship with Jesus, the the reason that's important it, when you read um, the book of John, 
at the very beginning, you get an essence of who God is, who Jesus is, and who the Holy Spirit is, okay? And uh, they they exist as three beings that are one, okay? And there is a mystery to the Trinity that I was, I was trying to explain this to a friend of mine earlier today. The, the Trinity is difficult to explain. Uh, it is a mystery. So the, the only way I know how to explain it, it's imperfect. But if you think about um, chemistry, I was a chemistry biology major. Um, and, you know, there's this thing in chemistry called the triple point. So if you look at um, water, the triple point of water is a temperature, pressure and altitude at which water, steam and ice all exist. And so you can imagine going to the Arctic, you could stand on a glacier, you can see the water running below you. And then if the temperature's right, you could see kind of steam coming up off. So that's a very imperfect analogy of, of who the Trinity is. Uh, but the important thing is, is that the, the Trinity has existed forever. And they've existed in community and a, a personal relationship with the Lord is simply asking him because he's a person, you know, I want to have a relationship with you. And then as you mature in your uh, Christian faith, it's a matter of speaking to him every day through prayer, um, you know, and, and God doesn't, you know, I, I wish I could tell you that I've, I've had lights come on and, and think visions or whatever, but I haven't, but um, it, having a personal relationship with the Lord is communicating with him on a daily basis through prayer, reading his word, because his word is Jesus. You'll, you'll see that in the, in the opening uh, verses of John, but that that's what it means to have a personal relationship. Yeah. That, that, I, that that made sense, and like, I I really feel hopeful right now that, like, you've given me some actionable stuff, like the book of like I don't know what a relationship my own will look like, um, but like that sounds. If I'm you not, w- no, I I I I hear you, and Truman, and having been on your podcast before, and the way you communicate, I I I can hear your your thinking at the time that you're talking. So the it, when the beautiful thing about John is John had such an intimate relationship with Jesus, and for us in our culture, it's kind of hard to think about this, but um, John was called the the disciple that Jesus loved the most. And it was so intimate that John at one point in the gospel is described as laying up against the breast of Jesus. And so that's, you know, if you want to think about what a personal relationship is for, even for me, I will visualize in my head laying in Jesus's lap or in the father's lap. And um, that's, uh, that's powerful. Um, So, praying about that, meditating about that, but that's, and you don't, when you read the book of John, it's all about relationship. You'll see it. I mean, you'll see how Jesus interacts with his disciples and um, that's what it means to have a a personal relationship. Yeah. And I I really liked your comparison to Bitcoin you made so much earlier and in your article, you kind of laid it out that this is relationship with truth. Um, and I do know what that feels like. At least I, I hope I do. Like it's the feeling I feel about Bitcoin. You know, it's exactly, it's true. Like yeah. you can't break the rules. This is how it is. That's and right. You can choose to play in this game. Um, but, you know, and your article did a great job laying that out that, you know, like in searching for truth, that's what we're doing here. And so developing a relationship like you're talking about, um, I, I feel like this has helped me a lot, like to think about it as a search for truth rather than like in Mormonism, it's like extremely, it's extremely personal. Like it's like very like feeling based. Um, but like what you're describing is helping me like frame it in a different way. Um, good, good. I, I think that the other thing you've got to know, Truman, is that, um, you know, there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ. So, uh, all the guilt feelings or self-doubt or whatever, that's all gone in Christ. Um, and God loves you no matter what. 
And, you know, one thing I told my girls when they were growing up, they they always knew I loved them. And I told them that no matter what they did, I would always love them. And that that's God. I mean, obviously, I imperfectly uh, uh, did that. But um, that's what God's love is for us. It's it's complete and perfect. And you're loved. Yeah, um, I definitely like I'm seeking it out and I, I think you've given me a process like I'm getting more and more involved in a in a personal community uh, of Christians. And so like I'm excited to, you know, see, see how these things play out in my life. And like I, I, I'm just not there right now, like but I understand like. And that's okay. I mean, that that's okay. So the um, <clears throat> it's 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 like Bitcoin. You know, you can take a little bit of knowledge, and you may not be all the way there, and that it that that's fine. Um, but you always have me for a resource. Um, so Truman, just kind of dreaming big. I mean, if you look into the future with you know where you want to be, thinking about Bitcoin. Uh, I mean, where what do you want to do with Bitcoin? Um. That's a great question. Um, I, I think the most important thing to me is, is seeing this Bitcoin project um, succeed and seeing that the people around me in my community, in my life, the people I see in my city, they, they can realize what, um, you know, hard money in Bitcoin has to offer. So, you know, that's like the big idea that most Bitcoiners are working towards. Um, and personally, like, I would love to, like, um, contribute to this mission for a long time. So I, I feel like um, people, like people, our stories, like, oh, yeah, the individuals, like, and in their life, people's lives change, like, when they get into Bitcoin. And, you know, it has so much to offer, like, being able to save for the future, think for the future every year, instead of getting um, your income decreasing and your savings decreasing, like maybe your income's less in sats, but you know, you're saving for the future. It's a very future oriented mindset. So that that's just so compelling to me that, um, right now I'm running my Bitcoin plebs podcast hearing all these different perspectives and which is great by the way uh it's it's a great podcast i love the reason that it it attracted me was the perspectives you get it's fantastic it is it's incredible and it like bitcoin's really for everyone that's yeah that's what i'm realizing they're so different but you know we all realize some benefit from truth from bitcoin um and so you know i could see myself working on the podcast i've been thinking a lot about how I'm, you know, recently I've, it's a hard thing to do to run a podcast, at least to me. Um, but I've been thinking about how to, you know, structure this, make it because right now I'm doing a lot of things in regards to the podcast that isn't, um, probably best, but I I've also got a life outside of Bitcoin. I'm trying to manage. Um, yeah, I mean, but <laughs> Hopefully after college, I can like get a job, you know, maybe it won't be in Bitcoin, but I, you know, I'm just hoping in the future, there's a more direct um, view of how we can get more Bitcoin adoption, I guess. Well, awesome. Uh, Truman, as we kind of wrap up, I mean, what, what's the, if you could kind of give away for people to contact you or follow you or whatever, and then, um, you know, kind of any parting wisdom or thoughts that you want to I mean, this has been fantastic. I appreciate your honesty and openness. Um, do you have any other uh, words of wisdom for young guys, young gals that are kind of in your situation? Um, yeah, that's tough. I'm like really, well, first off, the easy question, um, at Bitcoin Plebs Pod. Um, that's my Twitter u- handle. And I'll put that uh, in the show notes. Yeah. Sounds good. And then... As to me, I, I'm just a lost guy right now. I don't have anything figured out. But um, what I do know is that, um, you know, Truman, the fact that you can even admit that is good. There are a lot of lost people out there that don't even know where they're going. So uh, they don't even know they're lost. So uh, don't don't be ashamed about that. Yeah. 
but the thing that's helped me keep going like the biggest thing is like sometimes i get trapped in these negative loops you know like negative habits that just like every day um my my life gets worse my habits get worse and that's not that doesn't make me happy that's not what i want to do so like right now i only know a few things like i but i focus on improving you know what i do know what i do have in my life so you know as as long as every day i i think about um you know am i getting better in my physical fitness am i getting better in terms of you know like i have responsibilities am i you know, getting those done every day. Like I just focus on the things I can control that I know are positive. And even though I don't know like the future or anything big about life, I I do know like in my personal life, very specific things that make me feel good, that help me into the future. And so like that, that's been the only consolation to me. And then also it just makes me so happy when people work on Bitcoin. Like this is, huge you know i i love my podcast and my goal was to inspire people like yeah 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 that their story is important what they have to offer is like huge and you know we're all people that are powerful and so like i started my podcast i was super scared i'm still afraid of public speaking but um but bitcoiners are open they're accepting and seeing people contribute to this super important project, Bitcoin, ending the fiat standard, anything you can do is going to be good and it's going to be accepted. And Bitcoin's so powerful. It's got so many, um, like what it offers to you and me, it's changed our lives. It, you know, truth, hard money, Bitcoin, it has a ton to offer. So we're here early. And if we can capitalize on um Right now we have this, but we can share it. And so I would just say, like, don't be afraid to, you know, like start your podcast or do whatever, like silly little thing that's insignificant. As long as, you know, you're like realizing yourself, like what what's true to you, what's important to you and sharing that with others. And like, it just makes me happy that you've started this podcast and I've had a little bit of influence because at the beginning, like I had no dreams of this, but I think we're more powerful than, you know, like we consider ourselves because I'm, I'm the most messed up guy you've ever seen, like in terms of living life. But, you know, I, as long <laughs> you only as think I'm, you are, you only think you are. <laughs> yeah. So just try, like things get better. I'm telling myself that too, as long as I help myself into the future, you know, I'm a, I'm a strong guy. I, I think things will turn out. Fine. That's fantastic. Truman, thanks so much. Thanks for your time, man. Of course. I hope you enjoyed that conversation as much as I did. Please like and subscribe on your favorite podcast app. If you would leave a review, that would be fantastic as well. Peace. Peace.